Hey everybody and welcome back to Second Draft. This is the podcast where we take a movie or TV show that didn't quite hit the mark and see if we can spruce it up a little bit. My name is Isaiah and I'm joined with my buddy Ben. Say hey Ben. Hi-de-do. And today we're going to talk about the proverbial nail in M. Night Shyamalan's coffin. The Last <laughs> oh. Airbender. What? He made a comeback. Eh, I mean, comeback's kind of a strong... I heard, uh, uh, yeah. I, Split, right? That was it. Split. Oh yeah, you. Split that's what was I'm thinking about. Yeah, split was pretty good. And then I heard I haven't watched uh, the one that ties it all together. What's that? Glass. One? Glass. I haven't watched Glass, but apparently it's not that great. Yeah, it was. It was alright. Um, okay, I'll put yeah. it this way. At the time, like leading up to this movie, there was like some rumblings, but there were like stuff before the Last Airbender where people were like, "M Night Shyamalan, next Steven Spielberg." Like people were, <laughs> people always do that. They yeah, compare. That's true. They compared people like NBA players to the next Michael Jordan. Yeah, and it always I mean, like I f- is for the worst. I don't know. I feel like in this case it was a it was like it was interesting because he made so many good movies up until that point with a couple that were just like meh, and then yeah. this one was just like a full just complete face plant. Like no offense, yeah, it was pretty I'm sure shocking. Everybody worked hard, but this movie, <laughs> this movie is rough. Um, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in the episode. So let's just yeah. let's just get into the plot synopsis. I'm not gonna. Uh, it, uh, we're gonna. The movie goes over the first season of the show, which yeah. is 20 episodes. So we'll talk about that as well. But I'm not gonna do a whole long uh, recap of the plot. So I'm just gonna go ahead and read off the little opening dialogue that starts every episode. <laughs> okay. All right. And here we go. Spoilers, I guess. I mean, this is what they say at the beginning of episodes. I don't know. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. And I, in this uh, case, is another character named Katara. Um, Anywho, to sort of sum up season one, uh, Katara and her brother Sokka find Aang near the South Pole. He's like, oh, snap, there's a war. And then him, Katara, and Sokka decide to go to the North Pole, the other side of the world, so that he can learn waterbending. All right, so um, I think we can just get into it. Uh, well, we can talk about the flaws that this movie has and such and such when we when we get started. Unless there's something you want to say before we go. Yeah, I'm like okay, seventy percent sure that M Night Shyamalan just read like a synopsis like this. He didn't actually watch the whole series. Because okay. He he changes things like unnecessarily. That, that's true. That's true. We will like, talk about that. Yeah, there, and, it's uh, so okay. Uh, all right, uh, this is all stuff I want. I think we should talk about in the actual rewrite. Okay, so, so that totally fine. All right, we're gonna have one hour to rewrite this movie starting now. Okay, first thing I want to say. Yep, I'm like seventy percent sure 
that M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> didn't watch the series. Because <laughs> he, he, he changed things. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, here's what I'll say. Because I rewatched this movie like two nights ago. You've rewatched it recently, right? Mm-hmm. And I also, the, the, the show's back on Netflix after a very long time. And it's like, everybody's blown up and like, oh my God, Last Airbender, everyone loves it again. Hell yeah. So I've watched through the first two seasons of this show recently, and I've also watched rewatched the movie recently. Now, watching all of that and then looking at the changes that he made, I do understand what he was going for. Um, what? I Okay. I, <laughs> it's not excusable at all. This is weird. Oh, before I, I forgot to say this at the beginning, my buddy Morgan suggested that we watch this, so shout out to Morgan. Great suggestion. Oh. But I this is gonna be really hard because it's already super hard to squeeze twenty episodes of television into an hour and a half. Yeah. But like I understand what he was doing. It was just what I really feel like this movie comes down to is execution. Which is not something we really can talk about and are like quote unquote rewrite on this show. Yeah. But the way he the way he went about adapting all of that content into one and a half hours, like the actual bones of it make sense to a certain extent. It's just the really awkward dialogue, the bad acting, the not great fights and effects and all of that kind of stuff all of that yeah. really like swirls together in this really bad concoction of stuff and then on top of that you add a bunch of changes and yeah. like omissions from the show that seem really important and one thing that blew my mind which i never um realized the first time i watched this there's a reference to a character that shows up in season three the grandma's talking to katara and she's like there weren't any waterbenders since my friend Hama was captured. And it's like, yeah, wow. I, uh... he, he sets up a character for season three of the show. So potentially season, I mean, uh, the third movie in this trilogy. But then he cuts out a ton of other stuff that seems way more important. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... When, when I rewatched the movie, I, 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 I had also rewatched the series as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I rewatched the movie, I noticed he said that. I'm like, is that the... Is that who I think she's referencing? Right, right, right. That's that's pretty wild. And so typically when it comes to like movie adaptations, they do have that uh, pretty apparent hurdle of yeah cramming everything in, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I think I think notably with like this series, I think it's possible on paper because. There are, like, whole episodes you can cut out. Sure, sure, sure. you can sure, kind sure. of sum up. Like, for instance, I think I'm going to... I have a list of, like, the episodes in front of me mm-hmm. for season one. Like, for instance, the storm episode where there's, like, a big storm and there's a revelation that Aang had ran and uh, it's kind of m- mirroring how he ended up in the iceberg in the first place. Like, that could just be a line of dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> in the for, movie. for sure, so, for sure. So that's one um, thing that I thought yeah. was really weird about the movie as it is now is that so um, in the movie, I, I guess you could say the first act break ends with uh, them going to an earthbender town. Yeah, that gets taken over and it's the worst fight in the entire. Oh, movie. God. Yeah. 
entire movie by far. But that is um, sort of, that's adapting episode six of the show, and yeah, and it takes for that point in the movie. If you're really paying attention, it takes us that long for the characters to finally solidify and concretely say that Aang is the Avatar. That's like the big moment where he finally says he's the Avatar. Whereas in the show, it's like halfway through episode one, basically. Or, I mean, I guess episode two, it's like, yeah, no, he's the Avatar. We're, we're done. We, we're, we're moving on. Now let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is this weird thing where he's cutting out a lot of stuff, but also lengthening things that maybe don't need to be lengthened i mean no one walking into this movie is going to be like wait is this kid the avatar question mark you know what i mean <laughs> like there's no there's no need to try to to stretch that out and to like bury the lead when it's like obviously he's the avatar we know this you know what i mean he's the kid from the poster that's where i saw him so weird so wait it's... is the avatar the big bison <laughs> it's <laughs> Like, how it's, how, what I was saying, how, like, uh -huh. this series, this season could potentially lead to, or lend itself to making it easier to condense it in a script because you can just cut out episodes or whatever. Yeah. On the reverse side, M. Night Shyamalan, he, like, he does all those changes and he, like, adds stuff which kind of hinders him. You know, mm -hmm. it's like he... He, um, what's a good example? Um, I, I feel like it, the weirdest thing that he does is he adds a lot of, it's mostly dialogue. It doesn't really affect the plot, but he adds a lot about the spirits and seems to like want to be taking the role that the spirits play in this world in a different direction, which I feel yeah. like kind of muddies everything up. And it let it, I think the idea was to make everything more focused and make everything about Aang but it kind of just makes everything a little bit more confused and wishy-washy. Yeah, um, I agree. I can't. Uh, there are other examples of, of what you're talking about where he adds stuff, but I can't think of another strong one right now. That's like, the the most obvious yeah thing that I think everyone noticed is that he changed the pronunciation of the names, <laughs> and that's yeah. why I believe he hasn't seen the whole season. Like, I don't, this is, okay, this is going to sound really messed up, but I feel like this is, you you know King of the Hill? <laughs> Bobby. No, oh, no, no, I, I feel like, the, I feel like what ha is happening in this movie is when Peggy, the wife, <laughs> Peggy Hill is trying to say Spanish words, and she like, ah. does that white person thing of super over-pronunciating everything, where it's like, <laughs> it's like she's like, She's like gracias, and she's like, no, 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 it's gracias. You know what I mean? That's that. That's what I feel like this this movie is doing, where everybody is it's like, no, oh, it's not Ang, it's Ong. You know that's, what I mean? That's pretty true. I'm I'm really surprised that Zuko wasn't like Zeko. Like he survived the the cult. Oh, sorry. Pronunciation. Say, say that again. I'm I'm su I'm really surprised that Zuko wasn't pronounced Zeko. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He survived the culling of the mm -hmm. pronunciations. Okay, so real quick, we're 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 like we're kind of just bashing on the movie right now, which <laughs> yeah, is fair. So, um, so to put this I, all, let's each just let's just each like list off the like sort of trouble spots that I feel like this movie changed or slash did that I feel like we need to deal with. So for me, yeah. the way they deal with the spirits doesn't 
really gel with the rest of the show. Like I like I said, I understand he was trying to make things more focused uh, and directed to Aang, but it's like this whole thing about like oh like Aang will change hearts and the spirits are the, the it's very I don't know. Um, they also yeah. the, the thing that bugs me and I feel like a lot of people were bugged with this, but this really bugged me is they changed how firebending worked. Yeah, I again. I understand what the idea was, but it ends up being really lame. Just like to a certain extent, it's just like not fun if that's how firebending works, you know? Yeah, um, I, I I also can see that. Like, yeah, all the, the most of the other bending elements require like some of the element to uh, for it to, to work, there. and so right, it kind right, of right, right. maybe M Night just thought. Um, firebending was just too op and he had to nerf it but i don't know i honestly i i was watching the movie and, and a lot of times i was wondering if it was if it was like a budget thing because maybe it's easier from a post-production side to just take like a little fire that they had on set and then have a fireball fly out of it than it is for people to point their fists and then to fire to show up you know what i mean i think i i don't know i i kind of disagree with that because okay What's funny is, like, at our last job, we were doing a lot of, like, fire VFX stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so the idea of, like, having a, a practical fire on set and changing that, <laughs> it, it isn't too, it isn't difficult, but, like, it's just one more kind of uh, degree hmm. of difficulty. Whereas if you just have the fire appear in their hand, it's somewhat easier. Um, right. And, I don't know, it's just... It was strange. I can. Right, right. That's that's one thing that I, it's just I can only speculate on. Um, yeah, we can't really say what was going on yeah. in the production and why certain choices were made. But like I said, I feel like the biggest problem with this movie is just the execution. The dialogue is super yeah. awkward. The acting is very stilted. Uh, the actual fights. One thing that just drove me nuts this time watching it is there's a lot of flipping and kicking and punching and hand waving for very little actual moving of elements. You know what I mean? Bending looks exhausting. Yeah, it looks really inefficient. It looks like you should just start punching people at that point because someone has to do two flips and a a soiree, whatever a ballet move is, before they can lift a rock up and throw it somewhere. This is like the bending version of like that classic uh, Japanese movie <laughs> subtitles joke where they're like, but I agree. It was like the yes. subtitles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so and then the subtitles is I disagree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so my my version of like rewriting this would be. Uh, I like that he cut out a lot of episodes. That was good. But um, I would say w- to remove the changes that he made. Like, um, yeah. W- with, well, like, the, the. When they went to the earthbending town where they're all imprisoned. Mm hmm. You know, come to think of it, maybe that was another kind of consolidation um, of, like, sets and stuff. But the thing when I is. Think about it. Like he, if if he remained it's true just, to the Earthbenders on the metal rig, 
and that's like a whole nother location. He was like, ah, yeah. just shoot it in the mountains. And it's yeah, that's thing. that's definitely felt to me like a budget thing of like it's yeah. easier to find a spot to shoot on than to make an oil rig set that looks like it belongs. Also, that that reminds me, they say machines a lot, like like it's something that's implied in the show that one of the reasons that the fire nation is so successful is because they're very industrialist and they have a lot of yeah. advanced technology. But in this movie, they really hammered home where it's like, Oh, we were kicking their asses. And then they showed up with the tank and we were like, well, what can we do? <laughs> it's like, what the, <laughs> yeah. who made that? <laughs> How does that work? Everybody surrender. Anyway. Um, okay. So now moving on to how we're going to rewrite this. The thing is we are like, I like when I was thinking about this part of me was thinking like do we need to do a thing where this movie is actually two movies a part one and a part two so that we can get as much content in as possible and while uh, that might make I feel like that would make fans of the show happy if it was like book one part one and part two uh, where book one ends with I don't know maybe maybe with him talking to Roku and uh, learning about Sosan's comet. I don't know. I, I, for me, I, I would want to keep it one movie. It would kind of mess up the momentum of it. Like, I wouldn't even know what the the climax would be for the or the the climax would be for the first movie if it's not the siege of right. the north. Um, I I think one movie. Well, they can condense it. Um, like we already know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's all about streamlining it and, yeah. and execution. So, well, okay, so, so yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's. I, I was just gonna say, like, even though I think, like, like I said, I think fans would love the idea of splitting the first season into two movies, but I don't think, from a business perspective, that would ever be okayed. I don't think. Yeah. Anyone was willing to risk potentially making six movies on an like you know like. No, no, no! Studio is gonna be like, yeah, let's throw Harry Potter money at this. Like, wh- I don't know. Like, um, I was just looking. Their budget was a a hundred fifty, milli. A cool hundred fifty. Hundred fifty milli. No, I don't. I don't mean about budget. I, I just mean about. Yeah, but you like the commitment of making six movies versus making a trilogy is a pretty huge difference, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most definitely. Anyway, so like you're saying, yeah, we we really need to figure out how we can streamline the episodes and like sort of, like i i think i think the goal is going to be we're going to need to figure out a way to condense yeah. everything we need to we, we need to be more economical with our locations and our characters and all that kind of stuff which is doubly hard because i think part of this is we have to plan for eventual sequels if that makes yeah. sense like i don't think it makes any sense for us to be like to say okay we're gonna make an avatar movie but we're only gonna cover the first season and then it's just done like that would make things a lot easier but it also wouldn't give us any real good resolution yeah so we have to spend a lot of time like we're gonna have to spend time setting up things that are gonna happen in future movies while we're also trying to fit in all the, the stuff that happens in season one you know what i mean yeah i'm thinking so looking at the the episodes the the first draft of our second draft would be in terms of episodes we have mm. episode one and two as like the first i don't know 10 minutes or whatever 
first 15 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warriors of Kyoshi is very important. Um, and then the waterbending scroll where they meet the pirates, they can make that. They can combine those two, like Warriors of Sorry, Kyoshi the, and the, then... The waterbending... The what? The waterbending scroll? Yeah, it's uh, it's when um, Katara. Yeah, yeah. No, steals I, the I know which. Why, why do you think that one's important to include? Because uh, it's it introduces the pirates. Well, maybe we don't even need that. Well, yeah, because no, I was I, thinking it introduces the pirates that eventually leads to the their assassination attempt on Zuko. I was thinking about consolidating the Kyoshi warriors and the the pirates, which which appear the pirates appear in the waterbending scroll episode Mm. um just because the pirates kind of play a role in the assassination attempt on on zucko later on well that's the thing i i kind of felt like that i didn't need the pirates in the movie now i feel i felt like it all worked yeah yeah i I do think we need to include kiyoshi which is weird because the movie includes kiyoshi includes the statue but it doesn't include any of the characters surrounding it so it's like that seemed like a really wasted opportunity to include a character that'll be very important later. Yeah, like so, um, nah, nah, nah. yeah, I've, I believe you're right. Like uh, Zhao being the, um, putting the assassination temp on on Zuko, mm-hmm. that immediately just eliminates like the need for all these characters. So it's like, oh, right, cool. Um, yeah. So one thing I think the movie cut out that we probably are gonna need to put in is uh boomy yeah uh i they would have to so when picking out what i think which episodes are pertinent to the overall Mm -hmm. story the kind of um obstacle that i see is that this is an episodic series so If you just string along episodes, it will feel stilted in the flow. So we would have to yeah. stitch together episodes so they feel like it's all progressing. Yeah. Um, okay. What? Do you, all right. I'm going to throw this. This is like a lot to throw in at once. But what if... Um... I, this is me kind of thinking a little bit too much about the the next movie maybe but if we could consolidate boomy and jet in one event does that like i i feel like that's going to be our overall goal is that we need to have you know moments in the movie that sort of bring together a couple of different aspects of the show in a creative way does that make sense yeah, I I agree. I I was thinking though that Jet could probably be cut until and just saved for the next quote unquote movie. Like maybe mm-hmm. the first time they see him is when uh, Iroh and um, Zuko are on the the boat to uh, yeah. Bongsing Bossing Say, and then that 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 could just pick up. I mean, up it, it does. If if we don't have any kind of. Uh, that's the thing about like again about a show is that you can have like character moments that pay off after so long because you can just set up all the little pieces as you go because i feel like having jet in season two 
with the whole thing with Appa and, and all the hypnotizing and all that great stuff, it doesn't really, his whole character arc isn't really as, as impactful if we don't have a really bad confrontation with him before. So maybe, I mean, part of me wonders if he should just be cut entirely, you know, like he is in the movie now. I I thought it was it, him and Zuko's relationship. I thought it was really interesting. It was really fresh. Like um, that yeah. could that itself could have been a movie. Just like their <laughs> two like dynamic. There's two personalities just right uh, as newcomers to this huge city. Like super interesting. And I feel like it's still impactful. Like if they were to, if the Avatar Team Avatar never even met Jet. I think it still would have worked because it, it could come now that I think of it, it really could have worked because um, team avatar or the jet episode in season one, uh-huh. we find out that jets a, a psychopath. Right. And, but if we cut that episode and we meet jet for the first time in season two or yeah. the second movie, then we don't know who jet is. And it's more of a shock that he like goes crazy and, um, does you know he oh, goes okay. to these extreme lengths? Oh, what about this? All right, again, this is okay. This is we're getting a little off track because we're talking about a movie that we're not actually rewriting because it doesn't exist. But <laughs> what if in the sequel movie to this we can sort of wrap Jet's story of being a psychopath with how Ang meets Ta? So instead of those being two separate things, it's like. Like, maybe Jet wants to wipe out the city that Toph lives in. So they meet Toph. Again, we don't need to get into this too much, but since it's not something we're actually trying to do, but does that make sense? So that way, we meet Toph, and we also have our confrontation with Jet, and then later in the movie, he comes right back. You know what I mean? Wait, but he's not trying to kill Earthbenders. He's No, but the whole thing about him is that he's trying to... Uh, kill a bunch of firebenders, but kill a bunch of Earth citizens in the pro- like he's killing a bunch of citizens in the process. So it can be that Toph lives in a town that's controlled by the Fire Nation, and Jet wants to destroy it. So and through them trying to stop Jet, they also meet Toph. If that makes sense. Oh, that's right. She. I was thinking. I forgot. She doesn't live in Bossing Say, huh? She lives in. A oh no! Town. Yeah, she hates Bossing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can just add a, a fire fire uh, nation occupation to there yeah yeah you okay. know, and she's like yeah she's really rich so he's like ah she, they're just a bunch of rich people worth the fire whatever not the movie we're talking about let's move on uh, <laughs> um so what now in the movie that we have now sozin's comment is revealed at the very end of the movie and in, in, in more or less in a throwaway line yeah so do we need to have the most... I mean, I think... I really like the part where Aang and the gang has to go to the Fire Nation to try to communicate with Roku, the, the old Avatar. But, again, I can understand why that doesn't work in the movie because that's a very big diversion to... Blah, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... Oh, oh, hold on. How about this? What, what if we do a thing where Aang goes talks to roku and then gets captured and then that moves straight into the whole thing with the blue spirit Ooh, so i like that i like that, that that makes sense right that makes sense to me that's cool, cool, that's cool. forward progression for you baby <laughs> nice um okay 
Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. In terms of a movie, again, movie versus a television series, in a movie, it's kind of weird to place so much emphasis on Aang learning about Sozin's Comet because it's not a problem we deal with in exactly. that movie. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I just having wanna... so much of the... Hmm. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to, to mention out, um, yeah. some of the... Um, Mo- some of the most popular or I should say successful franchises mm-hmm. um, notably like the Dark Knight franchises the, um, one philosophy of as to why they were so successful is uh-huh. that Christopher Nolan treated them all as individual films as opposed to sure. building towards the next one that's so true that's very if, true um, yeah I agree and I, I think I, I'll advocate for we kind of downplay the significance of Sozin's Comet for this first movie. and But you do I, have to... I mean, that that would at least be something that you have to set up in the second movie then. Again, not what we're talking about, but... You know yeah, what I mean? Because you, yeah. it, it, can't, it doesn't really work as a narrative device. Because in the show, it's like this one thing that is like the end of all days is approaching very quickly and if we don't do something by this time so if that happens at the very last second where it's like oh and now there's a comet then it loses all of its significance you know what i mean you can um maybe when he's having his vision with roku the, it yeah. could just show the comet without them talking about it you know like oh uh, it can be like a sort of teaser yeah like uh, roku says uh we got to defeat the fire lord like this is what will happen um right. if if you that's another thing and i you think don't that, get that good. was one thing that was that was really weird about the movie is that Aang keeps going, having visions and talking to a dragon spirit instead of talking to his past lives. I and wonder. In the show, it's like the dragon helps him find Roku. I wonder. So that's really if weird. The... I, I don't understand why they felt the need to completely cut out Roku as a character. Yeah, so like he every, just everything that the dragon told him, Roku could have told him, and it would have been a lot more impactful because it's like, oh, it's his past life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think M Night was just trying to really consolidate as much as possible, just just to streamline it. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I mean, I, it, it, it might have been part like, of his whole thing about he wants the spirits to be more important, so maybe that was why. Maybe um, he was like, you know, American. The American audience won't really get this. You're like, <laughs> it's an American show. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, yeah. That, okay. That was true. I, I, also, one thing. Yeah. Um, I I would want more of a presence of Roku in this. So, yeah, what you, building off what you're saying, I think we should uh, include... Um, it, he doesn't even have to go into the full history of the Avatar and what it is. It could just be like, hey, I'm your past life. I was the Avatar, too. What? You were, too? I know, bro. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I want to I want to stay uh, take a step back and let's talk about Aang's character arc in the movie. Okay. So the way M Night sort of frames the whole movie is that Aang's whole character arc is about it, it's about grief, and it's about him accepting mm. that he he ran away and all of his friends and his father figure died while he was you know in frozen in carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. And he kind of ties that in together with him, with Aang yeah. accepting himself as the Avatar. 
not a, again not a bad idea but again i feel like it's just the execution that's so weird i think the one thing that really makes it very messy and weird is how the he keeps on talking about like your water bending isn't working because you won't accept your you're not grieving properly and that kind of stuff it's like so in your face and over the top with trying to force character catharsis you know it's like there's yeah. a part in there's a part in the movie where the dragon literally is like have your catharsis so you can move water right like <laughs> you're like oh so, my god he kind of does he, he he like he literally ang walks up and he's like hey i need help stopping the fire nation what do I do? And he's like, stop being sad about things and move water properly. And then he flies away. That's literally what Imagine the, the, the drug is like, you just got to have like a good cry, bro. Like, just, <laughs> just, just let it all out. <laughs> just a 20 minutes of like counseling session with a dragon in the middle <laughs> of the climax of the movie. Yeah. Um, okay. We're, we're, all right. So now let's think about, Aang as a character, what should his arc over the season be? I feel like we need to, like, the the whole grieving part of his character is important, but... I I kind of like... I kind of like it. Um, yeah? Just him overcoming his... Like, he's... Everyone has this huge expectation for him, and he just is feeling... Uh, he's having feelings of guilt and shame, and I think that's a good enough arc. It would just needs to be written better, right? Well, I think the difference is w- there. There is a subtle difference between Ang being sad about everything that happened to the Airbenders versus him accepting himself as the Avatar. The movie kind of jumbles them together in a not very cohesive way, even though they can, they are definitely linked. Yeah, but I think we need. I think it. It's important to decide it, because in in the mo- in in the movie at the end of the first act, then they're like, let's go around to different towns and help them. So it seems like at that point, Aang's already on board with being the Avatar. But then at the end of the movie, he also is again okay with being in the Avatar. So that's where I feel like there's a lot of muddled confusion with the, his arc, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I. I... I think it's important that we include um, kind of both themes, just so yeah. it's not monotonous. But yeah, um, yeah. it's I definitely see what you're saying. Like uh, that was a funny part too, where after they've freed the Earthbenders and uh, Soka, however they pronounce mm-hmm. it in the movie, they're like, "Yo, we got to go around and free all these Earthbending towns." I really think that's what we need to do. And then mm-hmm. Katara and Ang were like. We got to go to the North Pole and and learn water bending. Like that's what we got to do. And Sokka was like, "All right, all right, I hear you, but let's do this other thing too." All right. <laughs> it's decided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The... He's, like, he's like, right, but my idea is good too, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to do it, right? Um, um. So I, I would be up to being convinced to cut that m- montage. Um, sure. Yeah. Plus, if we, if we get rid of that, that gives us more time to have like to, to give more of the importance of the rest of the season. Like for that, that would be a good time to have Boomy come in. Um, okay, so so from basic structure for the movie, Ang wakes up, 
He tells them he's the Avatar. They find out he's the Avatar. I feel like yeah. that opening sequence should be very similar to how the show is, where we immediately it immediately gives us Aang's the Avatar, yeah. and he needs to learn how to bend all the other elements, so we're going to go to the North Pole, right? Yeah. The way the show does it is a lot more economical than the way the movie does it. I think we need to set that up immediately. Yeah, um, I agree. Then moving on... So, do we still want to do the thing where he goes, talks to Avatar Roku, and then gets imprisoned? Yeah. And then yeah. The uh, may, I think that makes sense. Right? Maybe he doesn't have to fly to a whole new island. Um, sure. It could be... It could be anywhere. Like, he could be with Boomy, like, just spitballing. Like, maybe Boomy was like, oh, you're the Avatar. Um, mm-hmm. Here's, like, a spiritual kind of... Uh, information or uh this shrine that i can show you blah blah and that can trigger Mm -hmm. it um something like that like uh, again everything kind of lending itself towards the forward progression instead of doing a sidestep towards a new island blah blah yeah yeah so can we can we borrow from the movie and say ang has this conversation well i mean the way that the movie is right now ang goes to one of the air temples and gets captured can we just have it where Aang goes to one of the temples to try to talk to Roku, talks to Roku, and then gets captured? Hmm. Part of me... Is, is that too similar to this movie that we don't like? <laughs> I wonder if I'm backtracking immediately. I would yeah. want him to go to a temple or whatever um, mm-hmm. where he speaks to Roku, and then he gets captured and he's taken away. Like, if he gets right. captured at the place, then that feels like just a convoluted kind of Oh, yeah, piece. no, I... Captured and taken to whatever prison. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I'm, um, but the question oh. is, does it make sense for Aang, like... Okay, if we're breaking this up into three acts, right? Well, I feel like right now we're missing our first act break into the second act, because our second act break end is the prison break right after that we finally get to the north pole ang starts learning water bending and then we have our final confrontation so what's leading us from Ooh. intro then what's our first act break gonna be and then after that we move into ang trying to get to roku to talk to him does that Ooh. make sense yeah we have a like, lot of yeah. we have a lot of <laughs> p- potential candidates which is interesting we have kiyoshi we have yep. the, the imprisoned earthbenders and we have Boomy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so exactly. it's like this is this is a toughie. Um I wonder Which if... is interesting because the show does a lot of the of uh does a, a lot of important stuff in like the first half of the season and then the second half of the season is a lot more like one offs like, oh we don't really need to this is more just fun than than pushing the story forward, you know what I mean? Um how about this? Let me mm-hmm. let me spitball something. All right. Um, so Kiara and and Soka learn that Aang is the Avatar, mm-hmm. um, and so they know that their their goal is like we got to go to North Pole to get a water bending teacher. All right, cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe Katara or someone be like, so you're the Avatar. You have all these past lives. Let's, on the way to the North Pole, 
visit these places to um, that are that they, they could trigger you know your your spiritual avatar side like so um, they go to which maybe is just the what the series is but uh it's like they go to Kyoshi um, because Kyoshi's there then they go to uh, Umashu with Bumi and we can consolidate the imprisoned earthbenders there maybe yeah we can make Umashu already under siege potentially um, uh, yeah, nah, that, that might that be that sense. might be much though but um, well, the thing about the imprisoned earthbenders section is that 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 that's that that doesn't move the the overall plot forward. It's very it's very strictly a character episode. That's in true. Show, that's true. In the show, it's more about Katara's character than Aang's character. Um, so, I think that like like if we want to include that, that also still needs to be a, a device for character growth. In the movie, it's where Aang starts coming into his own. But if we want to do that now, then we need to ha- have it play. I think it it needs to have a different role. You have you I mean? seen? Um, have you heard that famous phrase? Is like you got to kill your babies when it comes to Damn. writing. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's that no, harsh. no. I know what you're talking about, but it's, it's yeah. so potentially, <laughs> potentially, we could cut the imprisoned earthbenders what do you think yeah i think right right now i'm not really seeing a good spot for it in terms of ang's character growth because i think i think what we need to do is have something in the first act of the movie that really that challenges ang's like perception of himself which then leads him to want to go talk to roku does that make sense yeah he needs to have a reason to like need guidance from his past life um to then then motivate him to go talk to roku which then leads to him getting imprisoned getting captured you know what i mean hmm i mean what if they go to kyoshi island and they face some sort of conflict that kind of overwhelms ang and then that could lead him to want the advice of roku Hmm. okay in this in the show the thing that leads ang to wanting to meet roku is he has he has uh he he has to deal with the spirit like there's this one random village that's being attacked by a spirit and he has no idea how to deal with it right Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean that is a potential way that we can okay how about oh all right how about this i want to include boomy in there but maybe like you said killing our babies we might just need to get rid of boomy's character altogether boomy's pretty big though and he's he's pretty interesting here's the reason i like boomy in terms of ang's character arc is because boomy almost immediately shows up after ang has to confront the fact that all of his friends are dead you know what I yeah. mean? Like, Gyatso's yeah. dead. It, it, like, almost immediately after being like, I'm all alone, he then he then almost immediately runs into a friend that literally has, like, freaking held on for 100 years just to see him again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it, it, it adds, really like, nice. a human element. Exactly. But in terms of... Can we get that humanizing... In terms of the actual overall plot of 
the show, Boomy is there for the character moment. Then he's there to tell him that he's not going to train Aang. He has to go find someone else who's eventually Toph. And then he's there for the final fight. So even though he's a cool character, I don't know how much... I think it's possible to get rid of him without jeopardizing the forward progression of the plot. You know what I mean? Oh, what if... Um, I mean, we can still have it. Like, in the sense of... What if we um, we have his confrontation with Boomy? And he's like, yo, I'm not going to be your teacher. But I can put you on the right path. Which is to... Um, like, not far from here, there's a statue of Avatar Roku. Roku. Right, and, right, uh, right. And then on his way to that, um, or maybe once he's made contact with Roku, um, mm. that's when he's captured. Oh, I just, okay. Real quick. It, uh, under the assumption that we're cutting, we're cutting, we're going to cut Boomy out. Just, just for argument's sake for a second. Yeah. What if we did a thing where Aang goes to the southern temple he gets really sad because he sees all the air nomads were killed by the fire nation then they move on and they get to kiyoshi island but instead it's or where you know in kiyoshi and the kiyoshi warriors they're having a trouble with the spirit and ang doesn't know how to help them oh yeah uh... so that way so that way we set up uh the kiyoshi warrior thing but then we can also have Aang's need to go talk to Roku in one location. Does that make sense? I... The, the problem that presents itself to me is that mm-hmm. the Kyoshi warriors are... We, we got to include like their warrior aspect to them. Yeah. So if, um, if we go to Kyoshi Island and th- they're presented with a problem that they can't even face... And it's just Avatar, the um, Aang facing the uh, spirit on his own. Yeah. Then would the Kyushu Warriors just be like, oh, by the way, we fight really well. You know? Um, whenever we get to Kyoshi Island, their mm-hmm. warrior capabilities has to play a part in whatever conflict it's having there, I believe. Well, I think you could be as simple as just like, we're 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 soldiers we're i mean we're warriors we're really good fighters but it's a spirit you can't really punch a spirit you know what i mean i think it can be like as simple as setting up that conflict of like we're good enough that we the fire nation doesn't mess with us but we still can't deal with spirits we need the avatar to deal with spirits you know what i mean it could what if um they're introduced to Kyoshi Island as like the fire nation is burning down their forest and then that's mm-hmm. the Kyoshi warriors taking them down but then the spirit does come and say hey you're burning down and the Kyoshi warriors are like yeah, well we took down angry. yeah that works yeah yeah so yeah so it's, it's basically we're taking the episode where Aang deals with the spirit but instead of the village being a random village that we never see again we make it Kyoshi yeah exactly so, so the fire is that Okay, that I mean that I think that works, and that way it gives us a clean setup into Aang going to talk to Roku, which then leads into Aang getting captured, which then leads to Zuko. Well, I mean the biggest point of Aang getting imprisoned is that him and Zuko then have a connection after that because Zuko saved his life. Yeah. So again, that's that's character and more than you know whatever. Um. Are we missing anything? Um, Zuko's kind of following them. Yeah. 
Zuko, Zuko, Zuko doesn't have much to do right now. I mean, he can definitely be involved sort of tangentially with things going on in Kyoshi and with Aang wanting to talk to Oh, the, how about, uh, let me... To Roku, sorry. Let me rearrange this. Okay. The Kyoshi Island, maybe. Maybe they um, arrive at Kyoshi because um, Kyoshi was a past life, whatever, and they're like, blah, blah. Mm. And then um, Zuko follows... And um, then he's then he's the one who starts bullying, uh, burning down the forest. So then the Kyoshi warriors fights them, and then the spirit shows up. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I mean by tangentially, where it's like he's not necessarily the main antagonist of that story beat, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I, I buy that. Um, I'm just trying to make sure there isn't anything we're missing in terms of important things that we need to set up. And. Um, we got a, the, they, I think they do need to get the waterbending scroll. Um, okay. Because that advances, um, Katara's abilities, but that could just be a reward from the Kyoshis. Like, Hey, thanks for saving us. Here's a scroll. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I think I, to me, to a certain extent, it makes sense if, I don't know if we need the scroll because then Katara in the movie will play the support role and then she learns, how, uh, you know, she learns without the scroll. She learns when she gets to the North Pole, right? Uh, I mean, oh, in the movie? No, I just mean, yeah, uh, in this new movie. I mean, the, the way that that's how the movie is now. Even they t they they say that she has a scroll, but they don't really make. Okay. The way they use the scroll in the movie now is that Katara gets the scroll and then she is starting to learn air, uh, water bending, but Aang isn't good at it. Yeah. And she starts trying to teach him, and then th that plays again into that really weird thing where it's like he can't water bend because he's too sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I don't, I, again, like, I understand what they're going for, but it feels way too on the nose for me, where it's just like, he's finally not sad, and now he can make a giant wave, you know what I mean? He's like, um, uh, in order to make the water flow, you have to yes. let the water flow that through, was, yeah, through that your was eyes. That was so weird, like, you have to, if you want water to flow, you have to let your emotions flow something. I forgot. It was, like, so, it was I, I so cringy. What, I forgot what the line was, but I think the master was like, water yeah. bending is the art of letting go or something or change he, whatever line he said he, I was he, like, he was what? like he's water bending is about emotion you have to let your emotions flow just like the water or some shit yeah and it's it just re again like this is a weird this is a weird subject to tackle because i feel like bare bones that the movie itself it's like it's fine it's not good but what really sets it into like the real bad stuff is the terrible dialogue and the yeah. not great fights you know yeah. what i mean um okay I, personally i feel like we don't need the water bending scroll i don't see what that could that adds for us right now like she maybe katara just gets better through her battles with zuko and such yeah i mean she gets better because she gets to the north pole and she has someone teach her how to be better you know what i mean but the north pole's think, at the end does she suck the whole way until she gets to because she gets pretty good yeah. before I don't know. I feel like in the show right now, in the show right now, there isn't much to say about her in terms of fighting. 
until she gets to the North Pole, and then she becomes a badass. At, like, the beginning of the show and the, the movie, she, like, struggles just to hold up some water. Right. Um, and then thanks I, to, like, scroll and other practice, she's uh, she's able uh, she's able to yeah. at least do the whip. The, yeah, exactly. The way, yeah. I, the way I see it is, like, throughout the show, because she's running around the world fighting all the time, she becomes scrappy, if that makes sense. And then yeah. at the end of the season, then she becomes a badass because she actually learns how to really fight. But, like... If, does that make sense? It was, it was like if we're gonna get really, really technical about it. To me, it was like in the first season, she's like she's like street water bending. You know, she, she's <laughs> tough because she grew up on the streets. And then at the end, she learns how to actually fight. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's. So possible. I don't know if we need the water bending scroll for any of that. You know what I mean? It, it's possible that she's self-taught, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's not too big of a stretch. Especially for people who are going to watch this, who already are, are uh, already love the show, for Katara to like, you know, whatever in certain moments to do something that's that to not completely suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she becomes really good once she has a teacher. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that okay. could work. Um, I think the only thing that we're missing is boomy but i feel like we've wrapped up all the other important points that need to be covered for season one to make sense is there anything i'm forgetting hmm what about we haven't dealt with with jet but i i think that boomy is important because like if if we we're cutting a lot if we Mm -hmm. just include team avatar zuko Kyoshi Warriors, the Blue Spirit, and then the North Pole. Like, that's a lot cut. Um, so I think Boomy's important. So I wonder if... It is tough to string them along, but... Um, I don't, in a weird way, I, I almost feel like Jet is a, is a little bit more important. Because he, what he does sort of drives a lot of of the story progression in the next season. But like you said, we can set him up in the next season. So, okay. Forget yeah. about that. <laughs> um, Which is exactly what Katara said in the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sokka said well, that. Then, that about. then how do we, Hmm. I can't really see a good way for Boomy to, fit in without it being awkward unless we yeah put him somewhere that makes sense you know what i mean like or like we basically we combine him with another event that's true that's true um but what okay right now we have ang wakes up goes to kiyoshi deals with the spirit there goes to try to talk to avatar roku gets captured gets broken out goes to the north pole big fight um, and of course we're gonna have, like at some point in there we're gonna have to set up Zhao as a character. Oh, what about um? What if they go to Kyoshi looking for answers to the Avatar state, mm-hmm. and they fix the you know the the conflict there, the mm-hmm. Spear and Zuko, and they're like, hey, so do you have any answers about the Avatar and Kyoshi and how this whole thing works? And then they're like. 
Not really, but you know who may is King Boomy. He's old as shit, and uh, he's really all about the spirit world. And so that can lead them to go to Omashu. And maybe not even, they, maybe they won't even say Boomy, obviously. They're like, the king of Omashu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is that, I mean, I'm trying to play this out in my mind, and I feel like that might be spreading our, unless we do a thing, okay. I could see that working if then we go to Omashu and then Boomy's immediately just like, oh, hey, I'm Boomy, we're friends. And also, here's this sanctuary with a statue of Avatar Roku. Maybe you can find some answers there. And then Aang talks to Roku. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't see us being able to include Boomy and Aang going off on his own to find Roku. But then if we do the thing with Boomy then how does Aang get in prison? You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feel it would... Okay, I'll put it this way. It would feel very rushed if we went from Kyoshi to Boomy, and then Boomy immediately is like, all right, go somewhere to go talk to Roku, and then Aang gets in prison. Do you know what I mean? That, I, that feels like... we Like, obviously, in practice, it might we might figure out a way for it to work, but just in my head, it feels like too many things happening yeah, before you're right. the story to be... You know what I mean? You're... You're right. Um, we would have to put some... Can we not include uh, Boomy just in the next season? Kind of the way we're trying to do with Jet and... you know. Oh, I mean? you mean introduce him in the next season? Yeah, I mean, it may, maybe it wouldn't work as well, but... My only hiccup with that be is that the next season slash movie is when Bossing Say gets introduced... And so right. that would be too much of the same thing. Omashu with embossing say. Yeah. I wonder well, if. Oh, okay. All right. Again, this isn't really something we need to deal with because this isn't the movie we're talking about. But just spitballing here. What if we open the second movie with them going to Omashu because they're like, the king there is the greatest earthbender in the world. They go there. It's like, oh my God, the greatest earthbender in the world is my friend Boomy. And then while they're there talking with Boomy, the Fire Nation attacks Omashu. And he's like, uh, sorry, I got to deal with this. You got to get out of here and find somebody else to teach you. And then one of the refugees that's leaving Omashu is Toph. And that's how Aang meets Toph. That could work. Yeah. That could work. I feel, again, it feels like a lot to do in a very short amount of time, but it's a TV show into a movie. There's yeah. a lot to cover. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you guys gotta leave Omashu. It's like they're running out. They're like, "What's your name, Toph? What's your name? Oh, Jet. Oh, what? Wh who's that?" Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody, put on name tags and let's get through this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. All right, let's hold on. Let me take a look. We have six minutes. All right. All right. I'm gonna go through a quick out outline of what we have so far and see if that makes sense yeah yeah let's so, do it uh so so breaking it down into five acts because i like five acts act one uh katara and soka Sokka. oh my god now i'm doing it <laughs> <laughs> katara and Sokka find ang in the iceberg they let him out uh zuko captures him ang escapes that's our act one. Act two. Ooh, this is rough because we need to fit in Aang 
going and seeing the temple destroyed. Oh, that's... Oh, shit. Um, Act 2. Can we have Aang... Well, no, wait. This might this might still work. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk through it because that's easier. Act 2. Aang goes to the temple, discovers that all of his friends and family died 100 years ago. Um, then goes to Kyoshi. And going into Kyoshi is our beginning of Act 3. And Act 3 ends with Aang dealing with the spirit and then act four begins with him getting him captured after talking to roku does that yes. make sense yeah yeah that makes and then sense at the me. end of act and then uh, at the end of act four he breaks out we get to the north pole finally then at the north pole we have a fight uh we're, we're gonna have to in introduce Zhao somehow probably he's gonna be the person who's burning down the forest that the Kyoshi warriors are defending. Oh yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, or or then, even, even like he could be introduced at the blue spirit and, um, with act. Oh four, yeah. That makes, that makes sense too. Yeah. He's with, like, with, he's the, he, he's the person who captures Aang. Yeah. After he talks to Roku. With, with that, act I, four, what did you say was the end of act four? Was it them? End of act four would be Aang and all of them getting out uh, basically, Aang escaping, and then Act 5 starts with us at the North Pole. Would that be too, like, um, too rushed if the single act covers the whole final? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we have a quick montage, like five minutes at most, of Aang training, ending with uh, the Fire Nation showing up at the North Pole, and then the beef of that act is dealing with Zhao trying to kill the moon spirit. Hmm. What if um I don't think that's too much. Beginning of Act Four, like mm -hmm. the the blue spirit, the whole thing is wrapped up within all of Act Four, and then the the end of Act Four is them just arriving in the north. Or is that yeah? No, kind I, of like I, Lucy. Well, I think we're thing? saying it. We're we're saying the same thing in different ways. But oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um, yeah, so that way when Act 4 is over, once it's like we're done, oh, here's our final, like, ah, oh, thank God we are in the North Pole. And now our Act 5 starts with Aang training, um, then Fire Nation attacks. I mean, this could also make a lot of sense in terms of, like, flow of the story, because it can be like Aang gets out of, you know... Aang escapes from Zhao, and then a few weeks later, Zhao's, like, hot on his trail at the North Pole. He's yeah. like, you just broke out, but I, we're not done yet. But part of that is also Zhao saying the only way to beat the waterbenders is to kill the moon. Um, so the, so this is, a, this is one thing that I wanted to talk about, because the whole siege at the North Pole in the movie is very awkward, in my opinion. Um, the movie version or just in general? No, the movie version. Oh, the, okay. I love I love it in the show. It's like it's 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 very interesting because it go the show the the siege at the North Pole. Everything up until this point has been very fun adventure type stuff, and then the siege at the North Pole is when things get like people die. Heck yeah, <laughs> you know baby! I mean? We're getting it's serious like, now. The moon get he, the this one dude shoots a <laughs> the fish, and then the whole moon disappears, and it's like, wow, this got super scary, super fast. So, so this is when people die. So all those dead monks, they were just sleeping 
in the er- exactly, air temple. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember I I read somewhere where it's like uh character on-screen deaths are real deaths and then deaths that happened in character back backstories don't count as actual deaths when it comes oh to like emotional impact or something like that oh god it's weird to think about but it's like yeah it's like my entire civilization died and then it's like oh pretty girl with white hair died totally worse way worse than than <laughs> an entire civilization dying um oh, anyway so let's talk about the we only have a few minutes left but let's figure out the siege thing do we have oh wow we have no time left we have 30 seconds okay ah! <laughs> do we have time for ang going to speak to ko and the the face stealing stuff i i don't think so <laughs> yeah i think Ko's... i definitely think okay then ko could at the be very in the least he needs episode. to do the thing where he merges with the ocean spirit and becomes a big water fish that yeah. should stick i i agree um but so in this case who who do, can he just talk to roku in the spirit world for with 30 seconds left let's say sure okay fair <laughs> enough um and then i i think we covered everything five what about the cabbages four. oh yeah cabbages everywhere <laughs> we forgot about the cabbages no not the cabbages, not the cabbages. all right that is it I feel All pretty right, how good are you about feeling? that. I feel pretty That's, good about that. This is such a weird one because, like I said at the beginning, like this movie's fault is not in the plot structure, so to say. It's more about in the really not well executed actual craft of it, if that makes sense. It's like but I mean, the it, thing it's, that gets it's more than that. Like it's not just a mishandling of the source material, but also like going above and beyond and changing things. That yeah. I don't like the way at the beginning, the way the grandma was talking about the avatar and the spirits. I didn't like, it didn't make sense. Um, and then just the, the dialogue is so awkward. It's just like M night Shyamalan is known for having very weirdly obtuse dialogue. Yeah. But in his other movies, it like kind of works and this movie does not work at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that That's just, just straight up. It's like not, no one talks like this, especially a kid who control who, you know, moves air with his mind. You know, I don't know. You know, it was really strange that I, uh. I, I don't, it was so bizarre. Is um, M Night Shyamalan is an, uh, an Indian man, right? Yeah. And all of the Fire Nation are Indian. Yeah. And I was like, why is that? I did just. To be totally clear, I think the guy who played uh, Fire Lord Ozai is he's like um, he's from New Zealand, so he's not like he's like Mari, I think oh, is what it's I called. See what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. on on a surface level, all of the mm-hmm. villains look like M Night Shyamalan. So I was like, why did he make that choice? <laughs> yeah, it's also weird because he decided to make Katara. This is one thing I noticed that I didn't notice in... I don't want to get too deep into this because this gets really gross and, like, complicated when you start (laughs) talking about representation. Because it's like, this is a completely fictional world, but it's obviously inspired by East Asian culture. And it's like, but are these... Is this kid drawn white or is he drawn... It's all so confusing and I don't want to get into it. But 
Um, one thing that I thought was really odd and almost just like a, I, I like I was watching it. And I was like, that's kind of gross. I don't like that. Is they cast Katara and Sokka as white kids, right? Yeah. And then they're in a community of obviously Inuit people. Like they're oh, very yeah. clearly everybody else in their village is Inuit. And then you get to the North Pole, and then everybody at the North Pole is white. So the implication is that because Katara's grandma is from the North Pole, she came down to the South Pole and mixed it up with some Inuit people, and that's why Sokka and Katara are white. Because everybody else in the, in the North Water Tribe is white. Well, and what I are you going to do? Yeah, it's, I, I, it's... I don't know. I just saw. I just realized that, and I was like, I don't like that at all. That's so... <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> don't it, it's like it was it's almost like um there was that whole controversy about the live action Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah. About casting Sarah Johansson. It felt very much like that where it's like But she's a robot, so you don't need to do I don't know. Whatever. We're done talking about this. <laughs> okay. There's very odd decisions all around. Um, yeah, I agree. That. Oh, one another thing is uh yeah. So Zuko is an integral part of their of their antagonistic forces, right? Mm-hmm. And in the movie, Katara meets Zuko like fifteen minutes before the end of the movie <laughs> for the first time. Do you remember that? Oh no! It's I okay. I get what you're saying, but that's where she because he is there. He he does show up at the village at the beginning. Yeah. She just didn't introduce herself. <laughs> So, so he was. <laughs> so instead of them meeting for the first time, he was like, "Wait, you look kind of familiar." And she's like, "All oh, right, uh, my name is so and so, and I'm the last uh, Imagine so. Imagine she's like, "My name is Katara," and Zuko's yeah. like, "Do you not remember me? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you saw me. I was the guy." Yeah, yeah. that actually reminds me of this one part in uh in season three where uh, Suki and Zuko meet. Oh, yeah. And Zuko's like, nice to meet you. And she's like, actually, we've already met. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, you burned down my village. And he's like, oh, well, uh, good to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like that that meme where it was like, do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. I had fun bashing on this really bad movie. I feel like we did more of that than rewriting. Personally, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, we, we got some good rewritings in there. We got some good stuff in there, you know? And again, this movie, it's just all about execution. The execution is just so poorly done. That's really what it comes down to. I think um, the movie won a couple of Razzies. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Anyway, um, everybody, thanks so much for listening um hope to hope you'll tune in next time please let us know what you want us to rewrite um uh my like i said before my buddy morgan suggested this movie so shout out to him thanks for the great suggestion hey thanks Morgan. and uh and what i said thanks morgan oh okay <laughs> sorry um all right everybody thanks for listening have a great day say bye ben see you later